episode 202 of Retro Encounter, and this is RPG Villains. I'm Mike Salosi, and uh, today we're here to bring back our RPG Villains format to Retro Encounter, inspired by Shea Serrano's Villains podcast about movie villains, but this time talking about the greatest villains of RPGs. Uh, and to join me to discuss a famous RPG villain is Zach Wilkerson. Hi there. And Leona McCallum. Howdy. Now, Zach... Uh, earlier this year, you were on a podcast with me where we discussed Kefka Palazzo. That was the first RPG Villains episode. I was, yeah, it was a good time. And Leona, about a year ago, you <laughs> were on a panel with me and some others on discussing a certain video game, Suikoden 2. Yes, one of my favorite podcasts we ever did. Yeah, and uh, and Zach, uh, I know I, you were you weren't with the website at the time, but uh, I but, was not. Yeah, but, but, you're, <laughs> but you're a big fan of Suikoden too. It's the best RPG of all time. Yeah, right. so of course I am. I uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at your two chat avatars in in our uh, <laughs> right now, and you both you both have Suikoden two um, characters <laughs> as your avatars. Well, I don't, but uh, we're gonna bring those two worlds together: RPG villains and Suikoden two, and talk about Luca Blight, the um the mad prince the bloodthirsty force of nature uh unbelievably successful military commander of Suikoden 2 um now mm-hmm. l- let's go into his background a little bit it's sort of in context of the Suikoden 2 world we're going to spoil the bejesus out of Suikoden 2 this whole episode so if you're sure. so if you're spoiler unfriendly and haven't played Suikoden 2 you should just just move right along i'm afraid but uh okay back to Luca Blight um Luca Blight is the is the prince of the Highland Army. Well, okay, he's the prince of the Highland Kingdom and a commander of the Highland Army. He yeah. uh, instigates wars with with uh, the nearby nations of Jostan and the city-state, uh, commits all kinds of atro- atrocities, Is uh, like, and eventually is thwarted when he tries to assault um, the... The uh, what's the United Army called that your main character create, creates the new the new state army? It, yeah, it depends on what you name it. Yeah, right. right yeah. Right. Yes. Um. You, it, like and it, orange it, army. Yes. <laughs> yeah, actually, for me, it was the retro army. <laughs> yeah. I named it RPG fan army last time I played. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. I, um. So yeah, well, I mean, I named uh. So okay, yes, I named it the retro army. So anyway, he uh, <laughs> and he falls when he tries to counterattack the retro army at their castle is uh, set up by his own by his own uh, sub commanders and basically dies when every single named character in the game does a focused assault on him. You like. It's a three-party, eighteen-player, eighteen-character set of battles before Luca Blight falls, and uh, and surprisingly, Luca Blight falls not really near the end of the game. He falls maybe around the the midpoint or the sixty percent mark, and the rest of and the rest of the game is um, the new state army. Um, fighting the remains of the Highland Army and uh, and other forces in the Suikoden 2 world, just trying to end this bloody war that Luca Blight thrusts the entire world into. But he's an extremely memorable, extremely powerful, extremely dramatic villain, and is uh, he shows up near the at or near the top of a lot of best villains in RPGs lists. And and I was aware of his notoriety before ever playing Suikoden 2 or uh, um, or any Suikoden game for that matter. So. We're going to go through the same set of categories, the same set of questions that we did when we discussed uh, Kafka a few months ago, and uh, l- and just present these to the panel first. 
what is your first impression or first reaction to Luca Blight when you first played the game? Uh, so, so go into a little bit into when you st- like when you played Suikoden two and how and what you thought of Luca. Uh, starting with you, Leona. So when I first played it, the first time you see him, I think, is when he he shows up in the Unicorn Brigade, the children, the Youth Brigade camp after he's slaughtered all the children. So. It do, it, right away, he doesn't seem like a great guy. Yeah, he sets the tone by slaughtering a bunch of teenagers. And yeah, he seems like an intimidating figure. Um, I don't know if I thought he's this is the main villain of the game at the time. Because, you know, he just looked like a... He just he looked imposing, but I wouldn't say he looked, you know, like a typical JRPG supervillain at the time. He just looked like a general in an army. I, I assumed he was the main villain of the game only because I had heard so much about him before playing yeah. Suikoden 2. Mm-hmm. But I didn't play Suikoden 2 until 2018 and heard people talking about it for perhaps seven or eight years before playing it. But, uh, Zach, same question. What was your early impressions of Luca Blight when you first played Suikoden 2? I mean, honestly, it's hard for me to remember. I mean, I played the game pretty much right when it came out, I think. Um, so it was like 99, I think. Um it, it, my, my first impression of him really it, it boils down to the first thing I remember about him is him burning down the village and then oh yeah was it a, slaughtering uh, someone and making them be a pig first I mean it, uh, he he becomes such a monster so quickly um, I think is my, my first impression of him yeah, I, I mean it, I think that's the second time you see him it's like maybe, yeah I think maybe, so yeah maybe an hour so or so after the youth brigade stuff in the, right. in, in one of the first villages that you visit. Right, yeah. I mean, you go through the village a couple of times first, I think, to run some errands um, after you've been captured uh, by the um, city-state mercenaries. And then, yeah, he's such a monster early on, and he's so unique in terms of Suikoden villains, too, because usually they're just like normal people. Um, And in his case, he is just pure monster. (laughs) Right on. Uh, So, speaking of Luca Blight being a monster, let's ask another question that uh came that came up in the previous uh villains episode as well what do we think is the worst thing luca blight does in suikoden 2 the greatest atrocity that this uh, monster accomplishes Uh, i'll give you a few suggestions and or a few options to choose from and please add to them if you can think of more uh first are the two things that we already mentioned him slaughtering the teenagers of the youth brigade only to and and the only and again this is his own army and his purpose being um to blame that slaughter on the on the city-state army and you uni- and unite the highland populace against uh, in favor of the war uh second thing um destroying that first village of the game i think it's i think it's ryubei village yeah. yeah yes yeah i'm burning down ryubei village after humiliating a few uh of its residents by making them act like pigs um the third option um betraying and killing his own father agoras blight in order to uh in order to seize control of the kingdom and be and become king of highland all, all too briefly before he's betrayed by his own people and uh so those are our three options uh do you, and either of you have a suggestion that that might that's worth considering I definitely think the the burning of Ryubi Village stands out as a really like yeah. uh, horrific point in the game where you go, wow, this guy is evil. He takes pleasure yeah. in the sadistic nature of the killing. You know, it's not just a military campaign. It's it's yeah. it's, it's sadistic enjoyment from it, the suffering he causes. I, I mean, referencing back to our previous podcast, I, I don't think that 
even Kefka ever reached that level of sadism. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it, it's it, that would be my pick for. I mean, I think probably Muse when he wipes out the entire city of Muse oh, yeah. is pretty oh, terrible okay. too. Mm-hmm. Um, that, Muse, is, Muse is enormous. It's one of the biggest like, right. metropolises in the world here. And, and Ryubei is a ti- Ryubei is a tiny village, but he maybe right. exhibits more cruelty in Ryubei. So certainly he probably kills more people in Muse, but it's just like the level of cruelty, and it, it's such an iconic moment. It's one of the very rare FMV sequences in the game, where you get to see sort of like the flames going, a little bit reminiscent of Final Fantasy VII um, and Nibelheim. Um, but yeah, it, it's... that's the moment for me. It's iconic. I mean, when I think of Luca Blight, that is the first thing that comes to mind. And it is the most cruel thing that I think I can really remember a villain doing at any RPG. I was just going to say, one we didn't mention is, uh, one I think a lot of people forget is that they kills the first named character that we get to know, and that's Paul. Oh, yeah. And he's the... The guy, after we get captured and taken prisoner by the city-state, uh, by Victor and Flick, is the, the little guy who feeds us and befriends us and gives us tasks to do and to protect uh, Pelika uh, against uh, Luca. He gets struck down, and you think he's yeah. going to be a character, one of the stars of Destiny, but yeah. sadly he dies. And, they, and, they and, and Paul is such like a good character to you while you're yeah. in prison, too. He's so decent to you while you're a prisoner for the city-state. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, he's he's murdered in cold blood just, like shortly after he he's endeared himself to the character. Yeah. Right, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, endeared himself to the player. I mean, um, now I I agree that maybe Luca Blight's most iconic moment is that uh, that scene in Ryubei where where he you know uh, where he encourages a villager to act like a pig. I think his most awful task might be. Um, the very first scene in the game with the Unicorn Brigade, because yeah. uh, because he's murdering teenagers and children, it uh, and uh, it immediately sort of gives uh, Rio and Joey like a uh, like a, a, a very dark first impression of this war, and also and also it's mm-hmm. it's pointless. He he was killing his own men to uh, just for a for a, like a political reason or a. Uh, Excuse me, and blaming the opposite, the opposing army for it. It's it, it right. seems like it, 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 it's bloodshed for more bloodshed. Yeah, it's bloodshed yeah. for more bloodshed. Uh, like horror, just to horrify uh, um, yeah. people that were maybe uh, um, uncertain about the war. Where the where I mean, uh, what he did in Muse and Ryubei were horrible, and what he did to, to Pol was mm-hmm. horrible. Uh, but that that was, I mean, that was fighting in a in a war. Well, the well yeah. slaughtering his own men. Just I, I don't know. I think I think he does all kinds of horrible things, but the uh, the unicorn thing stands out. I love that the not even really mentioned outside of you mentioning it as one of the options is that he literally kills his own father. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. that's like eh, whatever. Yeah, murdering, murdering your father with a like with a with a with a crazy scheme is maybe fourth or fifth place here. Right. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, that I'm gonna have this go into our into our next question a little bit. Um, can we justify Luca's actions? Maybe he had a point. No, now no. Um, I'm not I'm not <laughs> no. saying that. Now this is similar to the Kefka episode where I mean he is horrible and we really can't justify his actions. But this also lets us look at look into Luca's past a little bit. And yeah. I, I think part of why um, we're maybe not as sh- as shook by him murdering his dad is because his, his dad was, wasn't a good person by any, uh, by any estimation. Um, right. I, I think we had to do some background research here. Luca Blight 
had a horrible event happen when he was a child where he witnessed his mother being raped and murdered and his father flee the scene um, when he was when he was very young. And that, I, that, I, I don't think she, I don't I don't think think she was murdered because Julia, Julia becomes princess and I believe she was conceived via that rape. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. So, so, okay. Or, okay. So she was just raped. Okay. Good. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, I'm, just, I'm, like just saying, I'm just saying. It's uh, for clarification's sake. Sure. But, uh, but that doesn't happen in the actual text of Suikoden 2. That's supplementary materials from one of the Suika Gaiden games. But is, uh, but if you look up Luca Blight or like you know, do a little bit of research on him, it's sort of in his biography. So, I mean, uh, they, they make some. He makes some brief mention when he is talking to Julia at some point about what happened and also when um a uh, gary's blight is dying to that event but yeah it's not fleshed out in the game at all yeah causes that like a coward because he right. ran away when the bandits attacked right uh, so that they sort of hints around it but we never really go into depth in the actual game itself yeah and he says like he's not even your real father when he's talking to Julia. yeah yeah so this immediately has him just just gives him a hatred for city state because the bandits that attacked were from there and mm-hmm. a hatred for his father who fled the scene and, and allowed all this these horrible events to happen and also probably negatively uh colors his his um feelings about Jillia because if she resulted from uh if she was conceived as a result of that rape like her existence might remind him of that right. so, yeah. so he so he's just surrounded by by things he hates or reminders of things he hates and that probably contributed to his uh to his awfulness the other big contributor to his awfulness um uh, other than just you know being a uh, uh like li- uh, living a life of entitlement as a as a prince is uh possibly the influence of the beast rune right um, because the beast rune is being as a you know an item of great power being held by the highland kingdom and it's sort of a it embodies um sort of war and violence and mm-hmm. uh and a lot of those other things and maybe just being in proximity to that might have amplified his negative feelings right and may and also probably amplified his powers because we we, it, we it, i don't know if we made it clear enough he is luca blight is an inex, is an extremely strong warrior like he is he is may, maybe the most powerful fighter in the suikoden 2 world yeah, I mean, Mariyama actually says that he's the most powerful villain in all of the Suikoden universe. Um, the guy who created Suikoden, so, right. yeah. So it sounds like a good authority <laughs> on the matter. Yeah, yeah. I, I can believe that, yeah. Because, I mean, it, again, it takes three teams, like one and a half armies, and being abandoned by his own men to, to, to take him down. Yeah. That, that's, that, that's impressive. Indeed. It's one of the most epic scenes in RPG history. Yeah. So, yeah. Again, I wonder how much of this is. This is a bit of a nature nurture question. Like, like how right. much of the how much of this do we think contributed to to the present Luca or the Luca at the start of Sukaden Two? Um, like, is it like without the beast rune, would he have become like this? Uh, without that traumatic childhood event, would he become like this? Or if he had just been raised as a prince, naturally hating the city state because as an enemy nation, would he still be the same Luca Blight? Do we think? Mm, I, no, I think nature, uh, nurture takes a big part in that. I think uh, the, the actions that happened, sort of, and who his father was and how he acted towards Luca dictated, or at least uh, led Luca down the path that we see in Sukadin 2. I don't think he was an inherently bad baby. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, I guess it's sort of like a philosophical question in yeah. a broader sense, too. I mean, like, I, I, I imagine. Lots of people have things that are even worse happen to them mm-hmm. when they're when they're a kid. 
I mean, lots yeah. of people do, and they don't react like being literally the worst, most evil villain in the history of JRPGs. I think that the that the Suikoden writers and Mariyama are trying to set that up, but he's such a force of nature that I, I think that even without that, um, he might not be as horrific. But I can't, that doesn't that doesn't come just from nurture. I'd imagine there's some there's something totally busted there. You could argue that it's the Beast Rune, but it, the Beast Rune's been in Highland forever, and people haven't probably reacted quite the way that that Luca has. I mean, the, the Beast Rune, I think it was a gift from Highland like a hundred years ago when they split off. Yeah. Or, or, or Harmonia, I'm sorry. Um, but still, that, that's a hundred years of people considerably less evil and cruel than Luca right. growing up. In exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, so uh, do I, th- I, I think it's a contributing factor, but I, I think overall, uh, no, he doesn't have a point. And I, and I think that he probably mostly was just insane. Yeah. Uh, as for the Beast Rune, I think, I don't know, the way I see it is that he's most likely he was harboring a lot of hatred and ever growing up. And he probably, in my mind, sought out the power of the Beast Rune to use it and let it corrupt him rather than just being near it corrupted him. I agree with all that, but I mean, you think about someone like Ted from um, Suikoden 1 and Suikoden 4 as well, and he's with, um, I can't remember, what, what's the, the Death Eater rune? Which is probably even more evil as a rune. I mean, we don't get as much information about the Beast rune as we do about some others, I guess. It's probably part of why it's hard for me to answer that question. Yeah, um, I mean, this is also true of Kefka a few months ago, but like this is a, a terrible way to frame the question for two pretty irredeemable <laughs> characters. Maybe right, yeah. ne- neither of them had a point, but um, yeah. but just but just looking into Luca's background a little bit, I think it's a bit of a perfect storm. Um, he's ra- yeah. he's raised as a prin- prince with every opportunity. He uh, hates his father because of his cowardly actions. He's um he is harboring incredible hate and ambition to um to like to act upon that hate and the beast rune probably takes those negative feelings and amplifies them uh, yeah uh, so it's it's just it's a perfect storm of of horrible events and negative emotions and uh and magical empowerment that makes luca who he is it's um it, it is completely uh <laughs> unfair to say that he was you know uh, that he came out the womb this bad um, I think so. Yeah, but it's a, uh, yeah, yeah. A lot goes into Luca's evil, and he, we see some pretty evil stuff uh, throughout this game, as we mentioned in the previous category. But now let's move on to the next question, which um, <laughs> w- w- it's in, in uh, Shay Serrano's podcast. It's called the Jason Statham question because he <laughs> loves, uh, because uh, Shay loves the Fast and the Furious series series. But uh, Lu- uh, Leona, you privately asked me who's Jason Statham is. <laughs> Don't, don't at Leona like that. So maybe we, should, maybe we should change it to something else. Like, do we do we want to call it the, uh, the the Dragon Ball question or the Chrono Trigger question? <laughs> the the yes. biggest question, yeah. Um, but but basically, it, uh, the, the the gist of it is: could Luca be rehabilitated, or c- could there be a scenario where he joins the hero side at one point instead of instead of dying a villain? And uh, I'll, I'll give my answer to this first: uh, mm-hmm. conditional yes, but it would have to fundamentally change a lot of things. Like, like, uh, say the moment that he dies on the cliff, he survives, uh, is not executed by many people who want to execute him. And he, Mm -hmm. he, when he realized, and he lets go of all of his hate, realizes that his, uh, that the high, that his Highlander kingdom betrayed him and decides to join the new state army. That is giving him so much benefit of the doubt that it is basically <laughs> impossible. So yeah, ex- my answer is extremely conditional, yes, but I, I think those conditions cannot be met in a, in a reasonable story. <laughs> okay. 
In that circumstance, I think he just goes uh, goes around and slaughters everyone. You know, <laughs> I mean, honestly, <laughs> I, I don't I don't think that there's an ounce of goodness in him. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I don't think he believes in anything but himself. So you're saying no? Correct. I think also no, but if I believed in the inherent power of rehabilitation for anyone, and it was possible. I still don't think he could have joined the heroes because I think Joey would have still killed him in a power move to take control of Highland. Yeah, yeah. I think that's true. Joey yeah. would, not, would, would not stand to have a, a true heir of Highland other than Joey. Yeah, Jillian. exactly. Yeah. yeah so I, I think he was, he was doomed either way. So I still, but even if he was I still do not love how Joey treated Jillia in the good ending of Suikoden 2. He, he, he should have no. let her come with him. But I don't know if we agree or disagree on, the, on that point. But No, uh, I agree. I think he, he, he makes some pretty evil choices toward the end. I agree. Yeah. We'll get to Joey in a second. But uh, he, he, I, I basically agree. Like My extremely conditional yes is basically playing devil's advocate. Uh, it, it would have made extremely little sense for, uh, mm-hmm. for Luca to join the hero side. Yeah. Like the, I think one of the best versions of this question, uh, talking about an, another video game for a second, is uh, is um, Zaro in Dragon Quest IV, um, who in the in the yeah. remake, in the remake of Dragon Quest IV actually uh, does join you. Yeah, yes, he actually does join you in a plot point uh, or a plot twist that actually makes sense. <laughs> right, uh, I agree. Be, yeah. Because uh, th- there's no seeds planted or no ideas that suggest Luca could make a switch the way Zaro does. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I think Megus really is the, the classic example of this too. Yeah. I mean, he he makes sense absolutely. And man, we even almost called this the Dragon Ball question. So it's really Akira Toriyama characters that are the ones that, <laughs> that are the ones that switch sides. Chrono Trigger, Dragon Quest, and oh. uh, and Dragon Ball. We, we we hit the trifecta. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, you're right. Although I, I mean, a lot of it would be Yuji Horii writing in in uh, in the two video games, but I, I digress. Um, so <laughs> Luca could Luca be rehabilitated? Almost certainly not, unless you get. Get real weird playing devil's advocate. Yeah, unless like the bright shield rune has the power to heal minds or something. No, maybe. You know, you know, maybe. if if they did, try be to, possible. Yeah, if they did try to do an option like this, they would probably explain it away with the bright shield rune. Right. I mean, and, and I think it's like together it's the rune of beginning, and it's like supposed to be the first true rune, so it probably has that power. Probably. Yeah, we could um, you know, rehabilitate Luca, give him a new beginning. Mm-hmm. There you go. <laughs> just, just the idea of Luca Blight making a neutral face or a kind face, and not one with a, with like a twisted smirk yeah. on it, doesn't, doesn't even make sense. To me. Wait until you see his A rank support. I'm gonna S rank Luca Blight. <laughs> tea, tea time with Luca Blight. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh my. Okay, I don't know. I don't know how that would go at all. Um, <laughs> it sounds like a fanfic waiting for happen. Waiting. Yeah. For yeah, Leona, get on it. Get on, Leona. Get on it. Tea time. You have three options. Tea time with Sl- with Byleth and Luca Blight. Yeah, slaughter, <laughs> murder, arson. <laughs> okay, murder, arson, or get on the ground and, and oink for me, Piggy. <laughs> it's a trick question. They're all correct. <laughs> Oh boy. Okay, so <laughs> next next question, and we went into this a little bit already. Bonus footage. Is there a moment in Luca Blight's life or in Suikoden Two that we know happened but do not get to see in game and want to see in game? And uh, we mentioned this earlier, like that whole yeah. incident of um 
of Luca's mother's rape and father's Dude, my choice. Yeah. But, uh, th- that was only in a in, in Suica Gaiden or possibly a uh, a CD drama a, a drama CD. And mm-hmm. so it's not represented in Suica Gaiden 2 at all and I I think that a flashback there would not humanize Luca Blight but uh at, at least at least give players an extra insight into him. Um, yeah, right. give him a little bit more depth. Yeah, is there is there another Luca moment or Luca scene that we uh, that we think could be missing that would uh, that would improve this weekend into experience? Mm. I think his discussions with Joey uh, when they first like Joey first like convinces uh, to Luca to let him join his army and so. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, That's, a great, both, That's a great both, choice. Those would be interesting, I think, to see. Yeah. Because basically, Joey stays behind when they're infiltrating a Highland camp, and we know that a discussion between Joey and Luca happens then. And then yeah. another one happens later, where Joey is like proposing uh, a plan to Luca. I, I, I think uh, I think one of the um, Highlands, I think part of the uh, I think it's part of the assassination at Muse, or maybe the the push. I think it's to take down Teresa at um, Green Hill. Yeah, I believe yeah. probably the Green the Green Hill plan the, with that with the uh, with the food or uh, yeah um, yeah yeah just just more scenes between Joey and Luca I think is a great idea and uh, I also uh, I agree I also think um, my other suggestion for this is at least one additional scene between Luca and his father because we don't really mm-hmm. see much of Agarus yeah. at all right until his assassination and, right we have like maybe one scene before that and he says one line of dialogue i think yeah. so yeah I, i'd like to have more about why he hates him so much yeah or, or even just a scene between them with the underlying idea that uh Agoris is a little clueless and luca blight is um mm-hmm. is, is resentful or hateful like like just yeah. it, it wouldn't even have to openly give us text or story just something just something to get the idea of their, of yeah. their or their vibe or their feelings i think would be really good yeah I'd like to see more scenes with he and Julia, Julia too. I mean, I yeah. think that would be yeah. um, just more with the Highland sort of royal family. I think would have been interesting. I mean, they give us a lot. I mean, I, I, they give, I, us, hate, they, they I, give us a fair amount, but I still want more. Yeah, it's it's hard for me to criticize this game. I'm sorry, but um, <laughs> <laughs> it really is. But yeah, I, I would like to see a little a little bit more of that. Would have been good. But um, it, the thing you brought up in terms of what you know happened with the city state would have been my answer for this. Mm, that's good. Right. Uh, next question I have is overmatched or undermatched? <laughs> the, the main characters of Suikoden into are they worthy foils for Luca? Does he overshadow them? Does, do they ma- do they match him? Are they worthy foils? Uh, and I guess we'd mostly be talking about uh, Rio and Joey here. I mean, you yeah. could, you could make throw in Victor mm. or Flick or whom or whomever else, but I mean, really, it's about the black, the bright yeah. black sword and bright shield. Um, yeah. I, I think my answer is yes and no. Uh, first of all, because they do defeat him, so that that does count as right. as, uh, as matching him at least a little bit. It, it actually really requires all eighteen party members in this case. Unlike the Kefka fight, where I like I, I don't need uh, my other eight that I yeah, get. I mean, you, you need eighteen party members and treachery and betrayal from Luca's own men, uh, which is right. precipitated yeah. by Joey. So I think that. Really, Luca overshadows everyone. It it takes right. it takes uh, a crazy strategy and literally everyone else to take Luca mm-hmm. down. Um, and it's like if the war had gone on in a more traditional manner and there wasn't you know subterfuge involved, I think the main characters lose. <laughs> I, I think. Yeah, I, think, I, I, think, I, I don't think that I don't yeah. think they match up to him. 
Yeah, I mean, they do a better job of this in, than in any game I can think of, of indicating his level of power. I mean, I can't think of another time where, like, it, even after you win that fight, you still have, like, a set of arrows that have to fire at him to take him down. Go ahead. Uh, uh, up until, like, the moment, or up until the fight where you defeat him, you are basically on the run from him the entire right. game. It, it's a, yeah. like, they communicate Luca Blight's uh, power and savagery and and cruelty nonstop. You're, you're yeah. always, like, seeing the ruins of something he's destroyed or losing yeah. to his army and on the retreat. He, he, it is communicated extremely clearly how dangerous he is, and it yeah. takes uh, some real shenanigans to take him down. So I, I think that, like, it, I mean, I believe the creator of this weekend in series when he says he's the most powerful uh, warrior in the in, in the entire world, and I also believe that um, Luca absolutely would have won if, they, if he didn't have so yeah. many factors working against him. I mean, the beast rune itself goes down with just six people, you know what I mean? So, yeah, uh, yeah I, I, I think it depends on how you sort of think about this question. Like, I think from a power perspective, he overshadows everyone. But when I think about, and it speaks to the how amazing Suikoden 2 is, that like when I think about Suikoden 2, I think that what overshadows Luca even is the idea of, you know, Nanami and Ryu and Joey's relationship. Um, that's, that's still what I think about. Um, yeah. I think that the, the power of that still overshadows Luca Blight, even though he is one of the two or three greatest but, villains in yeah. JRPGs. But also, that arc takes place over 100% of the game and is, right. and, and is the crux of the, of the, of right. the climax of the yeah. game. And Luca is sort of owns the game for the first two-thirds or so. Mm-hmm. So, so, I mean, I, I agree that the relationship between Ryo and Joey and Nanami is, is uh, incredibly important and, um, and one of the features of the game, of, of the story. But Luca, I, I think he really dominates the, spot, the spotlight. Yeah, I was going to say, I think Luca kind of defeats himself by being so powerful coupled with being so insane he leaves his uh, strategist to his Leon Silverberg what he sees is no other option than to basically put down a mad dog and and instill joy as a ruler of Highland instead because Leon and Shu work together to sort of orchestrate this grand scheme where it's only with the combined army of not only the the, uh, the protagonist but also the enemy army basically to take down this one guy so it's only through his own power i'd say he's really defeated that reminds me of uh the popular anime and manga Roroni Kenshin for a, hmm. for a, a significant part of that um, story the main villain is a samurai named Makoko, Makoto Shishio but he, uh, he he's covered in bandages and and suffers from uh, from terrible burns and mm-hmm. he, he basically is so undefeatable and so powerful that he eventually dies because he overheats and spontaneously combusts. <laughs> the, the writer made someone so powerful the only way he could be defeated by was by literally exploding from his own power. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I want that for him. Yeah, I think I think, the, I think the mangaka really wrote himself into a corner for that. But <laughs> that, that's uh, so, sometimes they're so powerful that they can only be defeated by um, themselves or circumstances. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, in, in in another game, maybe a lesser game, Luca would have just uh, fallen to the heroes uniting under um, f- uh, truth, love, and justice and friendship. But uh, right. but uh, only a few of those things factor into his actual defeat. But right. uh, let's go into a, a new question. Um, uh, this category is called regrets. So, what characters made mistakes, and what could have prevented Luca from happening? Not the actions of Luca himself, but other. Mm-hmm. What what regrets do other characters have that might have um, 
that, that might have stopped Luca. And I think uh, uh, number one has to be from from his parents. Like, the, the, like if the, the, anything that the king could have done to be a firmer ruler or a better father might yeah. have might have a uh, you know made Luca less of a monster. Yeah, I, I I think I this is very very um this is un, maybe unfair of me if I were to do this to a real person, but I blame the parents. <laughs> in this in in this fiction in this video game this this fiction I blame the parents. I also blame parents, but also but it's a different person's parents, and it's um Ooh. I'm blanking. Who's the mayor of Muse? What's her name? Oh yeah, um, uh, Lady Annabelle. Annabelle. I think Annabelle's father was the one who orchestrated the bandit attack on King Agaris and his wife. And so I would say the whole event is soaked into spiraled yeah. from that event. Yeah. That's one of the brilliant things about this game, too, because you also see um, with the the Grasslands tribe um, that are featured in Suikoden 3, um, you know, what, what's, what, what happened and what the city-state did to them as well. And I think that's one of I, – I, it's hard for me to place blame at anyone's feet for Luca Blight because I, I honestly think that – I think it's pure insanity that really rules him. Yeah. But I, I think the game does a great job of showing – even that, that you go to a town in Highland and you get to sort of talk to some of them and see sort of both sides of it um and sort of how they're feeling as, as citizens of highland um but in, in terms of regrets and who could take down luca I, maybe his parents but even then i i don't know i i think that some people are just sociopaths and they're born that way i don't know i definitely don't believe you can just say oh my parents were bad so i like right. that place the blame on them it's definitely a factor uh but you know at the end of the day luca's yeah. making the choices for himself yeah I mean, maybe Joey could have stopped him sooner, maybe, uh, I, I, but I don't know. Oh, that's a hard one because she has, you yeah. know, sibling, and you kind of want to. Right. And... I mean, he, he has to gain power before he can yeah, then exactly. seize power from him. Yeah. I, I think one character that has a lot of regrets that's not directly related to Luca, but um, it is definitely someone who fits this category is Han Cunningham. Right. Yeah. Uh, in the. In sort of one of the big stories before the events of Sukaden 2, um, Han wins in a duel versus Genkaku in a uh, in a, uh, a, a a in the unification war that takes place uh, before the uh, before the events of Sukaden 2. And the reason the reason Han won was because Genkaku didn't attack because Genkaku knew that his sword was poisoned and didn't want to win from uh, from uh, that kind of situation. Or Annabelle's father. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh wait, wait, he's Annabelle's yeah. father. Yeah, Anna, oh, Annabelle's father is the one who sets it up. Yeah. yeah, yeah oh yeah, yes, yes. Annabelle's, Annabelle's, Annabelle's father is the one that poisoned Poison. the sword. Right, yeah. right. Okay. For a exactly. second, I was confused yeah. and thought and thought you said that Han, Con Cunningham was Annabelle's father. No, no, no. Anna, okay, okay, good. I was, I'm, I'm, I'm less confused than I thought I was for a second. <laughs> but anyway, I think Han Cunningham has been living with regrets about that fight his entire life, and uh, when he duels Rio and Rio wins and Han dies, he sort of dies satisfied that uh, yeah. that, that Genkaku's successor defeats him, which is which is a hell of a moment. Like for for not being very present in the story, Han's a pretty interesting character. But oh, I mean, it's such a moment when you finally yeah, see him. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I sort of assumed he was dead. I mean, it's, yeah. it's an amazing moment, yeah. Yeah, but I think he has so many regrets about what happened in that unification war, and that and his winning that duel set up a lot of the success for the Highland Kingdom, and maybe without, 
without that win, um, like like Highland is not in the position that they're in to con to hold this second war. I think Han watches all the war and suffering around him, and deep down blames himself from that duel twenty years ago. I agree. So yeah. I, I think that if there's one character with regrets who maybe sees a little bit of uh, his past in the in the present war is is Han. So he's I, yeah. he's got he's got some regrets. Yeah, I agree. Mm -hmm. And it was a moment when that happened. Like when it, when because oh, yeah. he, he shows up in one of the the last uh, last tactical battle. Yes, yeah. in, one, in one of the tactical battles because he because his unit is like the d defender of the Highland Castle. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize who he was for a second un yeah. until the, until closer to the duel. Right? Yeah, I, but, there's some there's some setup dialogue that helped my memory along. Yeah, the game just kind of sneaks him in there. Yeah. For like, if you've been paying yeah. attention, you'll yeah, know that's brilliant. Fun. It's brilliant. I was yeah. paying attention. There's just yeah, so yeah, many, yeah, yeah. there's just yeah. so many names that that uh, oh, it took me a minute. <laughs> and he's older than when we see him as a young man in the flashbacks. Yep. That's true. An old man now. All right. So a lot of characters have regrets. Um, it, it's it's hard to see to say exactly if Luca's villainy or uh, Luca's um, reign of terror could have been prevented. But but there's people with regrets. But mm -hmm. here's the question that was, you know, that we discussed before the podcast and maybe it was one of the major factors into wanting to have this podcast. Is Luca Blight the true main villain <laughs> of Suikoden 2? Hot uh, take, ready. All right, all right, all right yeah. <laughs> I, I think the correct answer is maybe and worth a discussion, which, we'll, which we're about to have. But uh, um, I'm going to give us uh, a couple options first. Okay. Uh, true main villain of Suikoden 2. Option 1, Luca Blight. Mm -hmm. Option 2, the beast runes slash the evil that resides in men's hearts. <laughs> yeah. Op option 3, Joey. Uh -huh. Option 4, King Agaris, uh, Luca Blight's father. Uh -huh. Option 5, Leon Silverberg, yeah. a, uh, who's one of the real manipulators of the game. And option 6, uh, and, may and maybe the secret winner here, uh, the... Vampire oh. Pickle Lord, who is secretly <laughs> running everything from behind the curtain. Uh, I was going to say Pelica. <laughs> <laughs> now that would have been a twist I didn't see. Final, final battle, you duel Pelica under the influence of the Beast Rune. Excellent. The, the, the oh my gosh, that's the only thing that could have made that get this game better was that. Yeah, <laughs> the, the Beast Rune seizing upon all of Pelica's negative emotions, she erupts in rage and the final battle is a duel against her. Oh wow. <laughs> I'm into it. <laughs> okay, so but uh, that does not happen in Suikoden 2, So that she's not the secret seventh option. Um, what do you guys? What are your thoughts on who the true main villain of Suikoden 2 is? Um, I, I, we're definitely not going to go into every six, every one of those six choices. Uh -huh. but, yeah. Um, uh, starting with you, Zach. I, I mean, the one I hate most is Gerudo um, from Matilda oh, because he Matilda. kills. Because he kills my girl Nanami. Well, maybe, sort of, kinda. And he's, I don't know. A, and he's a he's a despicable jerk. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, he, he, pretty soon after you're introduced to him, and it's a, one of the yeah. really secretly cool moments of the game is when uh, t his two orders of knights all abandon him. Yeah, to, yeah they all peace out him. on him. Yeah, yeah it's to, awesome. Yeah, yeah, to join the new yeah. state army. Um, who are those two knight commanders again? Uh, Camus or Camus and Miklatov. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Miklatov and Cam and Camus. It's and it's. I, I love it how <laughs> those two guys they clear want to fight on the side of good and Miklatov mm -hmm. is sort of more more hot-headed and more I'm going to go join the army and Camus yeah. is like alright you do 
that. I'm going to stay behind. But here, I got I got your passports ready. I got the door open. For you. <laughs> yeah. do, do, do what you got to do. Like, yeah. like they, they they have this really great sense of of honor and trust between those two guys, even though they have very different personalities and act differently. And and they mm-hmm. end up both joining your army, of course. So like so that that um I, I really love Miklatov and Camus with their dynamic in that in that part of the yeah. game. And um at the same time. The King of Matilda is such a jerk and does one of the most despicable ap- actions in the post-Luca Blight segment of the game. Yep. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know if he's the main villain, but he's he's one of the characters I hate the most, for sure. Yeah. I, I hate him more than Luca for sure, because um, I actually know Nanami. <laughs> Um, I, I mean, I, the true answer to this question, I don't know. I mean, it's funny because when we first started talking about this villains podcast, I was like, let's talk about Joey because um, I really wanted to talk about him because I think he's fascinating um, to talk about. But do I think he's a true villain? No. Um, I think Leon Silverberg is the one who kind of keeps it going for longer than it needs to go. Um, like, what is the point of that beast rune thing? I don't know if he's trying to, like, destroy the beast rune at the very end, because he's the one who actually awakens the beast rune at the end of the game. Um, but I, 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 think, so, I think he maybe did that to lure Rio and his party to the beast rune so it could be destroyed. Because yeah, maybe. From, from the very beginning, um, Joey has this idea that he wants there to be the, as, few, as little death as possible, and the way for that to happen is for um, Highland to rule the world. And, yeah. Uh, and, and and Silverberg's um, role, who and he's the teacher of Shu, who's the tactician for Rio's yeah. in the second half. Well, of the he's the brother of the teacher. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm not trying to correct you. I'm sorry. Oh, oh, okay. He's the brother. He's the brother of the teacher of Shu. Oh, yeah. oh, okay. So so Matthew Silverberg taught Shu. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's and, a character in Sixteen One. He actually yes. was him. And uh, the 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 vibe that I got was once Shu is in your party, he is playing a chess game against Leon Silverberg and, and Shu is playing to win and Leon is playing to end the war with the, with the minimum number of casualties. And, yeah. and they sort of both end up w- accomplishing their goals, but but with Leon, his, his goal is... Uh, like permits a lot of bloodshed and is really heartless and he's manipulating Luca and Joey in doing so. So I, yeah. I think that, um, yeah. I, I think that, um, like, like Shu and Leon are both kind of despicable in their actions, but, with, but, but with Shu, it's sort Don't of, talk about my, my boy Shu no, no, that it, way. It's sort, it's, sort of, it's sort of done out of, it's sort of done out of, <laughs> out of, it's sort of done out of brilliance and out of a way to do, and out of a want to do the right thing. Yeah, where, absolutely. I agree. Where, yeah. where Luke, uh, um, where Leon is uh, more callous and uh, and and less th- and thinking less about the human cost than Shu. Yeah, he's he's more Machiavellian in his actions. Yes, yeah. yes very very uh, Machiavellian. Both of them uh, are both of them are a little Machiavellian, but Shu subverts yeah. it while Leon embraces it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm torn. I I genuinely think at the end of the game, Leon tries to use the beast rune in an attempt to actually defeat the party and. Because I think he actually believes in Joey as a ruler, yeah. and I think, I think he just we can buy that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I think maybe, maybe I'm giving Leon Silverberg too much credit. <laughs> I think he genuinely wants uh, Joey to win, and I think he wants Highland uh, to rule. Because I think in the longer term, he sees a powerful ruler with an iron fist and a great mind for tactics and stuff like Joey. In the long run, going to cause less death and less war than what the city-states and Highland currently have going on, which is going to keep continuing war with also the Scarlet Moon Empire as well. So yeah, I is, think... Is the Scarlet yeah. Moon Empire the... Uh, we could have been one. This we could have one winning. Although, match, technically, right? it's the Toran Republic at this point, yeah. Oh, the Toran Republic, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. uh, right, right. That, okay, yes, Toran Republic is the name I know, because I, I didn't play Suikoden 1. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, go, we go there 
uh, towards the end. Yeah, I, I remember. And yeah. you, uh, Greg, Greg and, Minster for a moment, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And oh if, you, uh, if you have a save from Suikoden 1, you can have uh, McDole from Suikoden 1 join and the party. And he's the best character in Suikoden 2 as well. So. He sure is. <laughs> he's busted. Except for you have to like walk to Greg Minster every time you want him. Yeah, yeah. That's the only part that sucks. Uh, he doesn't hang out at your castle. No. Mm-hmm. Right. I remember reading about this, but un- but unable yeah. to experience it for myself. <laughs> now, I I personally think that this is a messy story without a true main villain, and the con and the conflict, the the end of the conflict is the sort of um, unstoppable force, immovable wall situation that we talked about mm-hmm. a little bit in the episode from last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I think that you can reasonably say that Luca or Joe or the Beast Rune are are uh, are or Necolord, of course, are credible <laughs> are credible main, main villains of Stricken too. Um because I think one character that Joe gets compared to a lot is uh Delita from Final Fantasy Tactics. Mm-hmm. Because he's another person who sort of uh from an unexpected place seizes power in one of the ruling kingdoms in a messy war and you and uh and and uh, manipulates multiple sides to to get to, to get to a and significantly ending. more successful too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Delita is, is probably more successful and more trusting than Joey because Delita doesn't desire to rule with an iron fist, or, or maybe he does a little bit. But uh, but Delita is always secretly rooting for Ramza and never directly no. fights Ramza. He's he. Uh, he he knows that um, the Temple Knights will be a problem if they if they stick around. So he sort of lets Ramza defeat the Temple Knights and even helps them with and even helps him with some intel while Delita is dealing with the uh, the princess and the and the and the and the, and the like and the nobility. Mm-hmm. So it's um those two characters get compared often, but uh, Joey has a bit of a darker edge to him, and the uh, unstoppable force and movable object yin and yang metaphor between Joey and Rio is, is yeah. very is very powerful. Yeah. And not and and not really similar with I mean his relationship with Ramza. You could make the argument that the Rune of Beginning is the true villain here. I mean, like it's the idea that it it's <laughs> it, it's the thing when it splits off, it creates like this this yeah. conflict that has to happen. Um, like it's this idea that like it's this unification that has to happen between the two of them. It's the same thing that happened between Han and Genkaku. Mm-hmm. But if, yeah, if, but if the Rune of Beginning did not do that, then who would stop Luca Blight? And, and you're right about that. I mean, I, my real answer to this question is that I think it's Luca Blight because Joey doesn't do anything that he does without Luca. Um, Rio doesn't do anything he does without Luca. You know what I mean? So I, I think that the, my answer to this question is Luca, but um, if, I, if I think Luca you could make Blight, that argument. If Luca Blight hadn't wiped out the Unicorn Brigade in the first 30 minutes of the game, then uh, mm-hmm. Joey, then Joey and Rio would have just been uh, willing soldiers for the Highland side, and none of and, yeah. and none of yeah, the actions would have happened. It would just have been two more soldiers and. Army. I remember I specifically mentioned that we were going to talk about Luca Blight's regrets in that regrets category before, but that's what Luca Blight regrets. He, he regrets creating the two people that defeat him. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even think about that. You're right. I think yeah, I think Luca as the main and like the as the villain of Sukin too. I don't think just because the villain dies halfway through, he stops being the villain. I think a lot of the later game is just dealing with the repercussions of what he started. Yeah. So I think, yeah, he's definitely, I'd say, the main villain. Yeah, I, that's probably the right answer. I mean, I, 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 I would hear an argument for uh, the beast rune slash the evil that resides in the hearts of men, or yeah. or Necolord, of course. But well, I just, <laughs> I don't like blaming the rune because I feel like it's a bit like blaming the sea yeah. or yeah. a mountain, you know, for being right. treacherous. You know the, the parts of nature in this world, right? 
or, uh, or or blaming human apathy being the main villain of any Persona game. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's a little unfair. Uh, but yeah, yeah, Luca Blight is the great evil presence in the game, and like you said, the even after he dies, his uh, his legacy and, and repercussions from his actions are are still hanging over the entire game. So yeah, probably the right answer to the question. Who's the main? What did I win? Get into? <laughs> <laughs> Unless Nickelord revives himself from Suikoden Six, he's the he's been the villain. Oh, who says he's not in Suikoden Three, Four, and Five? That, you know, I haven't played those, so maybe he is. Suikoden <laughs> <laughs> Three, Four, Five. Ah, ah, ah. There was the, good callback. Good callback. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was a missed opportunity not to have him in Five, just because as a prequel. Yeah, he would have worked in five. Or, or like four. Or four. Yeah. No, so, yeah both, I mean, both of those take place before Suikoden 2. Okay. Yeah, five um, is like pretty close to Suikoden 2. Like, there's some yeah. overlap characters like George Prime. You, you know, uh, Leona, I think you told me that before and I just forgot because there, there are so yeah. many there are so many names of to throw around in the series and I do, and I, <laughs> I am not aware of its timeline at all. Yeah. But uh, let's move on a little bit. Um, th- this uh, category is called comps. So who are the best non-Luca Blight RPG villains of his time, and uh, what are the best Suikoden villains other than other than Luca Blight? Um, that that would, you know, are, are, don't necessarily match up to him, but might be worthy uh, subjects of a future villains episode. Oh man, I I have an answer here, but it's going to spoil Suikoden Five yeah. hard. Okay, okay like so, hard. Uh, okay, we, we we will not do that. Um, but let's, <laughs> let's say that uh, the main villain of Suikoden Five is a uh, uh, not even the main just, villain. No. A, Wow. Okay. A, yeah. It, it, I can't say anything else. Yeah. Actually. All right. <laughs> but it's, I, I know, it's I, brilliant. I know both of you like Sweet and Five a lot, but Sweet and Five fans listening to this are are, are screaming someone's name at me right yeah. now. I, they are indeed. I, yeah, I have no earthly idea who it could be. Uh, but and they're not even really a villain. I, it is great. I don't know, I'm sorry. There's like, there's like three characters in Suikin and Five who are like the villain, but not really. So right. it's like really hard just wanting to yeah. see. Yeah. It gets hard to find a cop with Suikoden because, like, there really aren't any. I mean, like, it, it, Suikoden 3 has, like, a main villain who does some things that are oh, yeah. truly, truly evil. Um, it's actually, a, I, I, it's a character you've met at this point. I, know, um, I, I have been spoiled on that, so I do know who they yeah, are. Sorry. Who yeah, but I, I think that their motivations are sort but there's still, like, motivations for that character. There's still, like, a reason they're doing what they're doing. There's no cop for Luke of Light in Suikoden series, and it's it's amazing that we like Luke of Light because he falls so far outside of what Suikoden, I think, stands for which is you know you know two sides that are opposing that sort of create evil as a result of war uh, I, I can't think of any comps for him yeah, really yeah, I, well i'm gonna give an answer that's probably a little conventional and maybe maybe even lazy uh sephiroth from final fantasy 7 oh, yeah absolutely in terms of ps1 i yeah, agree yeah, yeah yeah he i mean he communicates power and fear uh in a really in a really uh awesome way i mean i, I mean that, that iconic um sort of looking at the camera walking backwards into the fire uh especially how he, how sephiroth's sort of a phantom presence for the first quarter or so of final fantasy 7 and, and yeah. we, know more, we know more about his legend than about his real actions and yeah. how his uh he has some real messed up past that is um feeding into his psychosis even though we don't know all of uh uh Luca Blight's past in the um, in in the events of Suikoden Two, um, I, I think you have to get to the level of Sephiroth to um, to make a villain of that era that compares to Luca Blight. <laughs> I, I agree. And yeah. it, as, as much as it's uh, maybe I don't want to say passe or hipster, like like it, 
it's um, Final Fantasy VII is incredibly po- popular. I know, hot take. Uh, and to, to, <laughs> to which point that um, it might be like uh, like people might roll their eyes, but if it, by praising how uh, by praising how good Final Fantasy VII is, Sephiroth game, is an excellent villain. Yeah, that game has. That game uh, has I'm sorry. That, yeah, Sephiroth has some real impact, and uh, yeah. I, I don't want to. Final Fantasy VII is not my favorite Final Fantasy game, but it's uh, but Sephiroth has real presence and real impact, and I, I mm. he's one of the few non-Luca villains I can compare to him. Yeah, the way I'm calling Luca by his first name almost makes me think I'm I'm talking about like Luca Doncic on the Mavericks or something. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, we're almost uh, finished recording, but there is one last question I want to present to each each of you. Um, uh, Zach, you, I think you might have even used this guy, used Luca Blight as your answer when we recorded the, the Kefka podcast. I did indeed. I, I'd, I'd have to listen again to double check. I think I probably said Joey, actually, but I said anyone uh, from Suikoden. <laughs> that sounds about right. In fact, we, yeah. we maybe were talking about just that just ten minutes ago. Yeah, but, indeed. Uh, if we were to do an another RPG Villains episode, so so RPG Villains Part 3, who do you think would be a great subject to discuss? Uh, Zach, let's have you go first again. I mean, I, I'm going to have to go with Pokey from Earthbound. I think that um, thinking about like people who are be interest, people will be interested in hearing about him. Um, if we're going to do a fin- another Final Fantasy villain, I think Kuja would be interesting. He has some Sephiroth-ish characteristics, but there's a lot more background to discuss. But Pokey, Pokey I think, would be uh, fascinating to discuss, and a lot of people, I think, would be into that all right and leona um if we were to do another rpg villains episode in a few months who would be a good subject uh i was gonna say kuja is my favorite RPG. sorry i said no no it's fine it's fine thief uh, <laughs> <laughs> no i i do love kuja he has like a, a really it's like a one of the most like relatable reasons to go villain i think mm-hmm. that i can think of if I had to think of another person, I think maybe... Give me a second, you can cut this out, but I'm going to our reviews section and looking at titles of games. All right, want me to give you my, my two suggestions? Yeah, you go for right. that. I, I have two ideas here. One of them is extremely influenced by recent events, and the other one is not. Um, I think Emmett Selk from Final Fantasy fourteen is the best Final Fantasy villain probably since Kuja. Uh, which which gives us you know nineteen or twenty years, and uh, I I just want to talk about him with someone. Uh, it's not really a spoiler that he's the villain. It's a, it's a, he's one of the evil shadowy beings that's been a central villain since twenty thirteen. But he uh, gives a lot of in, uh, insight into what the Asians are and uh, and a lot of the central conflict behind Final Fantasy fourteen. He's awesome, the uh, the most memorable character in a really really good story, which I haven't finished yet. But my other answer, and this is not really from one specific game, but I think it would be interesting to talk about uh, Bowser in the context context of Mario RPGs. Because <laughs> yeah, that would be awesome, actually. Yeah, he's an important side character in the Mario and Luigi games. He's a playable character in Super Mario RPG. He's the main villain in almost a normal, boring way in the first Paper Mario, and just is he's in all of the Mario RPGs, or at least the, the huge majority of them. But his role is different in each, in each of them, and he also has this uh, like a comedy aspect to him, and even a like low self-esteem aspect to him and that, that's not quite the same in any game so I think an episode just talking about Bowser in the Mario RPGs would be awesome and this is, would definitely not be a villains episode but I think like the best character in all of the Mario RPGs has been um, the, the uh, recent interpretations of Luigi 
Yeah, I agree. I, I, I love Luigi. Him or Falafel, yeah. Yeah, yeah, him or Falafel or, or Bowser. I could do an, an a Retro Encounter episode on any of them, but um, <laughs> Luigi definitely wouldn't be an RPG villain. I, I know Peter would be on one of those. Oh, yeah, no, no, Peter would host the episode. You kidding? <laughs> <laughs> I'll be on that panel, but I, th- but I think Peter's got the mic that time. Uh, yeah, I agree. Uh, so, Leona, have you um, thought up a, an idea for a future villains episode? Uh, I was going to suggest um, the oh, no, black... No. I didn't steal another one from you, did I? Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> I was going to suggest uh, the Black Knight from Fire Emblem Path of Radiance. Oh, yeah. Oh, I think is, he, he would is be a good villain. Thing. Yeah, I think so. He's got, he's got a mysterious sort of presence for so much of the game. You're you left wondering for so much, and he, he does so much. He shows up just to kick your ass a lot of the time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think. Is there like what other Fire Emblem video? Uh, what other Fire Emblem villains might be a good idea? Like maybe Zephiel from Final Fa- from uh, from Kuin no Sarugi, but yeah, uh, he, he he doesn't. He, if anything, Zephiel is kind of like a diet Luca Blight. I think um, the the only like more interesting one is actually from Three Houses. So that's oh, okay. so so recent. It's yeah, like that, that, that's too recent. People will get it's mad. Too recent. Yeah, people will get mad talking about that game on a that, on, that, on a show yeah. called Retro Encounter. Exactly. That character, absolutely, I would discuss. Interesting. I think we've done it, lady and gentlemen. Uh, we have another RPG villain uh, broken down pretty deeply. Uh, Luca Blight mm-hmm. is one of the most popular, most memorable villains of that era of RPGs from a, a game that had uh, it has a real army of fans. Um, I, I, before we... Ha- aired that episode, it was the most suggested game um, to be on Retro Encounter. We don't get a lot of uh, feedback from email or from the community, but what feedback we did get was uh, had you know a lot of Suikoden 2 in it. And I might so, have been one of those people. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I'd, have to go into, I'd have to go into the um, the deep email archive. <laughs> but, it was really popular in social, social media. I remember that. Yeah. Whenever you do Suikoden anything in social media, it gets a good return, and Suikoden 2 is the is the fan favorite within the fan favorite. Mm-hmm. But uh, let's talk about the future of Retro Encounter for a little bit. Next week, we're going to do an episode um, ba- uh, based on sports, but uh, it's going to get delayed. We One of the panelists uh, is, getting, is getting married and is going to be very busy for a few weeks. <laughs> so that episode is delayed probably into September. So, um, so I don't know exactly what episode is uh, airing next week. I still have to... I'm just going to see who's available and we'll talk about, I don't know, shoes or something. We'll figure it out. Shoe from Circuit Into? Yeah, I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> okay. Retro Encounter 203, RPG Heroes. <laughs> who's, the, who's the true hero of Circuit Into? Shoe. 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 Rio, Rio Nanami, Shoe, or Joey? Pelica. Shoe. One episode that is definitely happening in the future is uh, two episodes on Wild Arms 3 in September. I have barely started, so I really need to get my ass in gear and start playing that. Um, that so uh, It won a poll earlier this year, so we're going to have two episodes on Wild Arms 3 next month. Um, but beyond that, we don't have a lot of plans. We, we have, a, we have a, a Google Doc full of ideas of what the, next, of what the episodes in uh, October and November are going to be. There is a poll that we, that we held last week for a future Retro Encounter game that uh, was paired with episode 200. Um, but be- but we- that poll has not closed yet at the time of this recording, so I do not know what has won that poll uh, right now, but listener, you may already know, because by the time this episode comes out, that poll will have closed. I so, hope it's what I voted for. 
say what I voted for too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The choices were Disgaea 1, Star Ocean 2, Persona 2, Near Automata, and. Oh, you know what? I forgot the fifth one. No! <laughs> or, 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 or Suikoden 5. So, uh, one of those five will be a future Retro Encounter episode, but we do not know what the winner is at the time of this recording. But it, by the time this is available, people will know. So. Listeners, if you want to get in touch with uh, the podcast, the best way to do so is to email retro at rpgfan.com. You can also visit rpgfan.com for message boards and links to our Facebook page, Instagram page, Twitter account, Discord server, Twitch channel, which has something going on basically every day, and our other podcasts, Random Encounter, about current events and, and random discussion, and Rhythm Encounter, about RPG music. One of those is more active than the other. Um, but uh, listeners, you can also review Retro Encounter or those two other fine podcasts on iTunes or Google Play or however you are listening to us. Please provide feedback and give us those nice ratings, five stars, five stars. We want all the constructive criticism you can provide. So, uh, Leona and Zach, let's tell the listeners how they can reach us more directly, starting with you, Leona. Uh, well, I moderate our Discord server, which you can find a link to on the front page of our site. Uh, I go by Star Mongoose on there, and we have a podcast channel dedicated to the three podcasts that we run. And you're more than welcome to come join us. We've got a fairly active community, and it's really fun. Right on. And Zach, how can listeners reach you? Uh, you can reach me by emailing me at ZachW at RPGFan.com or on Discord at ZachW. And listeners, if you want to reach me directly, you can find me on Twitter at the Real Monsoon. Most of the time at Evoker for Dogs. Other times, I am also Monsoon Mike on Discord and Monsoon on RPG Fans forums. <sighs> it was fun revisiting Suikoden too. That, that, I, I was. I agree. I, I was Always. really. I was really blown away by that game. I was. I was like expecting yeah. it to be. I was expecting it to be good, and it exceeded expectations. And we 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 dedicated most to a, a podcast most of the podcast to like who we think the villain of it is it's a yeah it's crazy like yep. we, we went in depth and we have not even really scratched yep. the surface yep. we, we could do a second episode on this exact <laughs> i agree uh, i did i did not think we actually should. like five or six more actually <laughs> um, okay. that's my I suggestion not, that is not going to happen but uh sweet, <laughs> sweet is definitely worth uh is definitely worth a podcast or three and listeners thank you Good night and good luck.